I was thinking of a way to, sum, to um, summarize what the practice is about. It's quite difficult. Uh, and um, so I'll tell you what I thought, and then, you, and, then, and then something comes up in it. There's a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, but what I thought was um, the practice is really about cultivating our, our, our personal well being and then allowing the world to benefit from our personal well being. So we cultivate our own well being on the basis that we'll, we can then benefit everyone else by our well-being and then the question arises how do you cultivate well-being and I think within the tradition we have to be clear that well-being is not cultivated by um, the things that you know the temporarily arise for us to give us pleasure or joy or upset or whatever you know, a good cup of coffee or a nice holiday or whatever we're really thinking about um, how, how do we access that source of well-being that according to tradition is available to us all and how do we access that and then um, and then we come into the next thing that we do in this tradition which is zazen, so meditation so then meditation comes up and um, the last couple of weeks I've been talking about meditation as being, uh, or zazen as being useless. So uh, why do we meditate if there isn't some benefit or point to it? Uh, what, what is the benefit of just being present? I'll say a bit more about the meditation thing, but what, what's the, wh why would we want to practice being present? In this moment, and that's what Zazen is about, essentially. I mean, if we think it's not about seeking something, or it's not about aspiring, or or being on a way which will lead somewhere else, but it's just about being present. What? Why would we do that? You should feel better. You feel better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of the other stuff's actually happening now. Fun. None of the other stuff is actually happening now. That's right, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's inherently integrated, it's not separated. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also more interesting. More interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, what was yours? Feel, you feel better. Feel I better, feel yours was, it's, all, it's, all, it's only happening here now. Yours is it's interesting and yours is it integrates, yeah? Because yeah. that's where we actually do stuff and yeah. make either changes or make do things, make yeah. things happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. <coughs> You're on the ball, you lot tonight, thank you. Because I was going to say to you, uh, does anybody trust their memory? You know, when you think about things that happened in the past, do you, do, do, you, do you really do you trust that actually the story, or I shouldn't even say story because it implies that, but do you trust what's gone on in the past? Do you think you've got a clear, was it really how it was? Yeah. Maybe a bit too much. <laughs> you trusted too much, yeah. yeah. I know, to my cup. Seriously, <laughs> 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 my, my brother's been living with us for a while. 
And he recounts things, incidents from our childhood. And I look at him and think, really? Because he has a completely different memory. Mm. And, and actually a much better recall than I have. Mm. And much, much, much more detail than I do. And, and he constantly surprises me by what he remembers. Mm. Just completely different. Yeah. yeah, different to yours, yeah. Yeah, I think my um, memory's just biased, so it's only one point of view, yeah. that's probably not actually what Not the reality of what reality happened, of yeah, yeah. And also my memory can shift from time to time as well. Your memory? My memory can shift from time to time and yeah. the same thing can come up where I can either be the villain in it or I can be, everything was perfect. Yeah. It's okay. very in relation to what actually happened. So can we generally agree that we can't trust our memories as being, as being, as being a true reflection of what happened. Mm. Yeah. And can we predict the future? Can you feel confident that you could, you could yeah, well, mm. I mean, you, you can predict you're going to take the next breath, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but can you? I predict I'm going to get older. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. That's, that's, that's what you hope. Yeah. 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 So, so, just as, as everybody said, everybody in a way said the same thing is that the only time that you can experience what's real is now there really isn't any other time that you can trust as being uh, true so whatever you, whatever arising on the cushion is actually you know is, is, is what's arising um, you can trust it so it gives you the opportunity to, at least at the very beginning, to have a look at what's coming up. And why is it coming up? Is anything coming up? And the things that arise, can you trust them? So, so we have that perspective. Okay, so. The tradition is about, from our perspective, about creating personal well-being, which we can then benefit everyone else with. And the way to that is through Zazen, which is about being in the present. But then what about this whole idea of spiritual practice being a journey and being difficult? I mean, in virtually every tradition, the spiritual practice is seen as a tricky process, difficult, and you know, it's the dark nights of the soul and disappearing down the void, and all those, you know, all the things that come up. I just photocopy something by um, Gurdjieff. I haven't looked at Gurdjieff stuff for a long time, but he says. He says, the result of our inner growth and of, a long and, uh, and of long and difficult work on oneself, and then he explains the benefits of this growth, but they only arise out of inner growth that's long and difficult. So what's, how, what, what's your take on those two different... In one we're just as in being in the present, 
without any without any seeking, without any intention, without any particular hopes. And on the other, there's a whole, this whole story of it being a journey that's painful and difficult. And what do you think? What do you take? Because we don't always want to just be with what's here now. Pardon? We make it hard because we don't always want to be with what's here now. So it should be simple. Ah, okay, so we don't always want to be here now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But Gurdjieff had a very particular approach to this, didn't he, Mary? Got people digging hard, doing hard labour, actual hard physical labour. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Digging holes all day. He did, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I don't know what you'd call that as opposed to what we do. I think it's a story too. I think it is, for me, I don't, I, I don't think it always has to be a difficult. Okay. I think it's also maybe a kind of story. Maybe sometimes it's difficult. Has it been difficult for you at any time? Partly, yeah. Well, but not always. No, but, well, no, hopefully. Need a rest. <laughs> now <and> again. <laughs> so if it was difficult, why was it? Even though I know here that my that I can't really trust my memory, there's there's still this part that's quite attached to it being the truth. Yeah, yeah. And to let go of that. Yeah. For being in the moment. Yeah. I think that's quite a struggle. Can be quite a struggle. Okay. Okay. So that that generates a sense of what well, of of anxiety or, or, or resistance or yeah. discomfort yeah. or all those things. Yes, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think for me the, uh, sorry, the, the struggle is um, letting go of the idea that it's got to be a certain way. Mm. So, so often I'll come away from meditation thinking it didn't go well because the posture isn't right or Mm. Uh, but that's something I can work on the posture. I find that quite comforting because I can, you know, work on that. But the thoughts, you know, just keep on coming. Mm. Um, but if they if they don't stop, I, I feel uh, less relaxed <coughs> and, and spacious than I did when I first sat. Mm. So, but I've just maybe got to realise that that's okay as well, and, and just do it again. Yeah. Um, but that's the struggle I have sometimes. Okay. I think that's yeah, it's a regular struggle for folks. Yeah. 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 For me, it's the, the past and the future just cling on. So much of the closing to me. Mm. So it's, it's the struggle is with that. Yeah. To actually, for me, that's a battleground. Yeah. To actually stay present. Right. So memories from the past can be painful, and thinking about the future can be fearful. Yeah, that kind of mix. Regrets. And Regrets. Yeah. You know, looking back and thinking. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, 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 it just doesn't let go. Mm. You know. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Any comments on the contradiction, the apparent difference? It's. I think it's difficult for me when I forget about practice and and I, and I um, sort of distance myself from it a little bit, and that and that's sort of a struggle. And I go, oh yeah, that's why I, that's why I choose yeah. to. Well, you get identified with being Josie, yeah. and you get identified with. 
with Josie and Josie's needs and yeah, maybe caught up in that. Yeah, get caught up in it, yeah, and forget. Yeah. I think it's really real. Mm. Yeah. 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 Is everyone in an easy passage then in this tradition? You all had an easy passage. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on? <laughs> I think, relative, relative to some other types of practice, this is quite a gentle one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Ah. Um, I mean, compared to like saying if you had been a student of Gurdjieff or if you yeah. lived in Japan. Oh, yeah. You know, <coughs> so I'm wondering if it's about the different approaches, whether. I don't know. That's making me feel rather guilty. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Given this, this, you know, Zed is uh, within, the, within the Buddhist canon, if you like. Zen is viewed as the steep path, yeah. the steep and difficult path. So maybe the fact that we don't do, you know, really hardline retreats up at three in the morning, <coughs> the portions of rice you get for dinner go down by a half each day, and da 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 da. Maybe 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 you know, I've been letting you off. <laughs> but I, I would find that quite reassuring, you know, like if I could go through this very hardcore yeah. Yeah. Easier, in a way. Yeah. Then that's what I'm doing, you know, that's how I suffer rather than actually suffering with my own life. Yeah. Which I do. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm sort of always reminded that, you know, when you, you do hear folks that, you know, put it <coughs> Soon they get up at this time and they eat only a grain of rice. I don't know what happened. Mm. Mm. I'm reminded that the Buddha gave up those ascetic That's right, mm. yeah. practices. Yeah. That it wasn't about how hard you're going to punish yourself. Yeah. Um, although that does seem to be a quite a strong thread in a lot of traditional religious practices. But, yeah. but I, think, <coughs> I think for me, Zen is it brings you back into the moment all the time. This moment can be profoundly unsatisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> Over years and years, you know. Yeah. Uh, because, as Keith was saying, you, you're stuck between your projections into the future, your regrets about the past, but even in the moment, you can be not liking it mm. very much. So you are caught up in a sort of triple sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> or a club sandwich. Yeah. <coughs> Which in itself, Suggest, you know, that, that's difficult, that's difficult, yeah. particularly if what you're thinking is, you know, you're doing the practice all these years and what's happening, <coughs> what's going to happen, or when's it going to happen, when's it going to happen, when do, does my number come up? Um, I think I've told you about um, the guy that used to train at Yokoji that went to Japan and you know he went for his visa and he went with the abbot and he asked how long he wanted the visa for and the abbot said until he settles the great matter of life and death <laughs> I love that story anyway the same guy was invited to uh, Dave told me I think it's okay to be on the speaker we're invited to uh, LA to give a retreat but because he comes from a very hardline Japanese monastery, he wasn't allowed to give interviews or taisho or talks. So basically, they just sat. So he turns up 
It's a seven-day retreat, 20 people, uh, up at 3.30, online sitting all day, no interviews, no talks. By the third day, there were only eight left. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to balance between that really hard-line approach and, yeah, maybe so a few people. But um, just let me read you a few things of this... Uh, because out of what's arisen really about about meditation, I pulled something out from uh, Genpo Roshi, um, and I just briefly praise it. And he says, "What I've learned from meditation, and you can, <coughs> Genpo Roshi's been got a lot of <coughs> experience." So he says, "The key is not judging anything that arises." Not thinking anything is particularly good or bad, right or wrong, not judging by any standards. It is having no preference, not even a preference for no preference. In other words, non-preference. We have no preference for awake over asleep, attentive over inattentive, aware over unaware. We do not even judge judging. In other words, we sit in non-judging, doing nothing, just being our breath, coming in and going out. That's what he says about meditation. And he says, <clears throat> similarly with seeking, we both honour seeking and not seeking, and come from the place of non-seeking, the apex beyond seeking and not seeking. There is a tendency in all of us to get stuck in identifying with our seeking mind, and perhaps feeling superior to those not seeking the way. And we can also become identified with the freedom of not seeking. Both don't work. Our way is to embrace both seeking and not seeking, identifying with neither. This is what is referred to as the Buddha way. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. And then somebody else says exactly the same thing. If you're sitting in meditation to get something, whether it's peace, tranquility, low blood pressure, concentrate, concentration, psychic powers, meaningfulness, or even enlightenment, you're not present, you're not here. You're off in a world of your own mental fabrication, a world of distraction, daydreaming, confusion, and preoccupation. It is not meditation. Quite hard lines, people. To look for meaning is to look for a model, a representation, and an explanation, a justification for something other than this, what's immediately at hand. Meditation is releasing whatever reasons and justifications we might have and taking up this moment with no thought that this can or should be anything other than just the way it is. It's only because we look for meaning, for what we think we can hold in our hands or in our minds, that we actually feel dissatisfaction and meaninglessness. So, this, I don't know, I didn't write down the name of this person, but they're saying, by actually looking for meaning and purpose, we generate more dissatisfaction and a sense of no meaning. It's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting contradiction. But, it's really a hard one to escape. I mean, what does the small self or the ego think about such a suggestion that you 
What did you think? It, it runs counter to everything you've with ever learned. Yeah. The whole process of learning and education, yeah. particularly in our society, yeah. because it's so head-centered and achievement-focused, the idea of doing something without purpose just is extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can kind of get that intellectually, but for me anyway, but actually trying to actualize it and sitting amid all the turmoil mm. and thinking, hey, I'm really getting something. <laughs> or, or, or not, you know. It's radical, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of uncomfortable, you think. It's an, well, it creates an uncomfortable feeling of, of what's the point. I think we're hardwired to want an end point. Yeah. I think other, other spiritual practices teach an end point, mm. salvation, mm. or heaven. Mm. Whereas the Zen tradition is just, it's, it's go, as Dogen said, this, you know, traceless enlightenment goes on forever. I'll, I'll tell you what Dogen says. <laughs> he says something very lovely. He says, Meditation is simply the Dharma gate of peace and joy. It is the practice enlightenment of the ultimate way. When you grasp this, you are like a dragon in water or a tiger in the mountains. <laughs> Fancy being a tiger in the mountains or a dragon in the water? This nonsense view is maintained in all the koans where somebody attains enlightenment. Yeah. With that, that very sentence yeah. is a condemnation yeah. of the entire koan. So even saying that, even, even what we're now saying is not necessarily true. It's just another perspective. It's like, it's like Genpo Roshi says, it's, you know, we're seeking, we're seeking non-meaning rather than no meaning. It's like the tr it's transcending meaning and no meaning. So you transcend both, and that's that's the Buddha way. But it's quite hard for your brain, is it, to <coughs> hard for mine to to embrace that because it's really really does want to get a hold of something that's firm. You can rely on and say, I'm going to look at it. That's the way I'm going. Of course, yeah. I, I think this is really quite helpful to me, anyway, to be very clear that this practice is not about self improvement. Yeah. <coughs> well, it's, that's it's a, it's a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, there might be all sorts of aspects to it, you know, wisdom, compassion, etc., etc. We'll be talking about this on Saturday. But uh, they, they're a byproduct of practice. They're not necessarily the main um, feature. It's about self-knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Certainly, to begin with, it's about understanding the self. Yeah. But the bit that gets us there is, is the one that wants to sort of improve some, ac yeah. some aspect of self. Um, it's like if there is no self, there's nothing to improve anyway. That's right. And at the same time, some selves definitely need improving. Don't you think? Yeah. I, 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 I have thought about the faith, you know, in, in the practice. So it seems yeah. to me all I can do is just show up. Yeah. And, 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 and have faith that that's enough. You know, you know I've been saying tonight, I've got. Like somebody's written about exactly what you're what you're saying. Like, what's this? this another, another piece here. 
Let's just say it's pretty cool. I haven't brought it, but it's basically saying that we are, that we don't sit, we are practice. We are it. And, and that, that implies that we're going to be up and down, have dry patches, have juicy patches, have doubts, have fears, have optimism, hope, the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. You, 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 you reflect exactly the kind of, you know, Zen practitioner. How's that? <laughs> what do you think? You finished? Yeah.